Hey, what's happening, listener? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. You've waited long enough. It's time for the ginger geek himself, Matt Delhauer, to submit to the torture of watching a high-profile comic book bomb of a movie for your entertainment. Jock and Nerd! That's right. It is the latest and greatest edition of our fan-favorite series, What the Fuck Happened? This time out, we're going back to the 80s. To relive big hair and way too many horrible duck puns as Matt recaps and tries to figure out what the fuck happened to Howard the Duck from 1986. And, a listener, I am determined to get this song stuck in your head. All on this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, March 8th, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Chop it. Be nerded. Be funny. Disturb it. Chop it. Be nerded. Spoiler alert. Chop it. Be nerded. Be funny. Disturb it. Chop it. Be nerded. Spoiler alert. Oh, hello, listener. What's up? How's it going? Thanks for joining us. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jock and Nerd podcast. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. And my name is Anthony. No, it's not. He's not the Jock. (laughs) Jock's not here. He had to to do something besides watch Howard the Duck. That's the rug boy. (laughs) And I'm the nerd. And yes, we are missing the Jock. Uh, Filling in, though. For this awesome special edition of the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we can't do this series. We'll get into what we're doing without this man, the official ginger geek of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. It's Matt Delhauer. What's up, man? Hey, guys. What's going on? So good to have you back on the show. I always love when you come on. It's been a, it's been a hot minute. A hot minute or two, at least for the, the series. I mean, I did a, I did a couple reviews uh, in between, but it's, it's honestly been almost six months since we've done a what the fuck movie. We've been slacking, so I'm glad to have the listener here with us on this latest edition. Before we get to that, if you are a new listener and you just stumbled, yes, there's usually mostly a jock here. His name's Anthony, uh, but we have Rugboy. And what we give you every week when you subscribe is comic book and TV superhero movie reviews news whatever we choose uh check out our back catalog we just got it with there's a black panther review uh with tj johnson from voice of my underground podcast then you can sample our regular shows which will go over geek news and then we'll review some shit whatever happens uh to strike our fancy that week anything from game of thrones to black mirror and uh superhero tv shows but this episode is part of our very special series co-created with the Delhowers. Uh, and the Jock and Nerd podcast called What the Fuck Happened. Uh, Delhauer, why don't you explain to maybe the new listener what is What the Fuck Happened? Dear new listener, I hate you for this. <laughs> uh, no, what the Fuck Happened started almost, it was over two years ago now, um, in which, in completely stealing the concept of the podcast, how did this get made? It's not very um, original, I, I will not admit. At all. But whatever. I don't come up with original, I come up with fun. Yes. Just well like this movie. Yes. Anyway, um, it, what what we do is we will have it's, usually it's me, maybe uh, Anthony or Imran, or sometimes one of the listeners will choose uh, a bad comic book movie. 
that we then must watch, uh, recap, and talk about in trying to figure out why it wound up being so terrible. Yes, and the beauty of how Delhauer does this, listener, you don't need to watch the movie to enjoy this episode of the podcast. In fact, I recommend you don't. Uh, it's going to be way more no, entertaining <laughs> than watching the movie because Delhauer, what he's done is he's put his sanity on the line. He's taken the bullet for us and for you. Time and time again, and this is the eighth time. Uh, if you stick around till the end of the show, I will turn you on to the other seven What the Fuck Happened episodes. They're all fantastic. Rugs, do you love the What the Fuck Happened series? Sometimes you're on them. You weren't on the last one. Uh, I'm not on all of them, but uh, when I am on them, it's great because uh, Matt does all the talking. Exactly. And all the thinking. Yes. Yeah. This is another reason so I don't why. I have to do anything. Exactly. I don't got to make show notes. I don't got to like pull links. This is another reason why I love doing this. But like he said, this is long overdue. So uh, Dion Robertson, shout out to listener Dion Robertson who wrote in and he's like, what, what what the fuck happened to the what the fuck happens kind of kicked us in the ass because we were slacking. I like to do these quarterly and it's been way more than quarterly since the last one. Yeah, it was half a fucking year ago. Exactly. <laughs> but I think this movie, we will be doing what the fuck happened to Howard the Duck from 1986. Oh, shit. We'll make it up to you. Uh, check out the show notes for this episode, jockandnerd.com slash 211 for all the stuff we talk about and photos and links to subscribe to the show wherever you want. So you always get the show uh, right to your pocket. All right, fellas, let's get into Howard the Duck right here. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. If you want to suggest a movie to us, this is a very special movie picked by a very special person. We're going to get into that. But if you have an idea for what the fuck happened, visit our website, jockandnerd.com slash contact, where you can send us a little message. You can send us your voice. Uh, you can join our, our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter. You know, listener, our third birthday is coming up very soon. You go to this page. You click the link. You can send us, literally send us a hat. You can sing us happy birthday. We'll play it on the show. Oh, you guys are going to be out of the terrible twos, huh? Yes. Yeah. We're becoming three-year-olds. What happens when you're three? We'll find out. Uh, but uh, speaking of our group, Jock and Nerd Nation, we got new members again this week and every week. I love when listeners uh, join. This is a place where you can get to know other listeners of the show. Very like-minded geeks and nerds and jocks like yourself. Welcome to Marcus Savina, Gerald Glass Ford, who hosts the Pop Culture Cosmos podcast, Seth Morgan, Wade Wilson. Deadpool himself. That's what the... Yeah, finally. Yeah, I'm glad uh, Wade's on. He's and he, Wade is actually the host of the Bickerbots podcast. Glenn Smith and Emilio Luna. And Glenn Smith left us a message. He writes, listen to about 10 hours in almost three days. Like three shows. Love the content. <laughs> glad I stumbled across you guys. Geek Mooner. That's more than three shows. It's maybe like four or five shows. Yeah, but four. Go long. I'm going to put four tops. <laughs> yeah. Glenn, I hope you didn't hurt yourself and you wore protective padding and the proper prophylactics when listening, binge listening to the show. It's what we recommend to all our listeners. Make sure to get tested for all STIs. <laughs> if it's a show with just me and Imran, it's probably just one show, 10 hours. <laughs> one long show. Also, I have a <laughs> hand of some pure cell or hand sanitizer nearby. That also helps. So, Delhauer, Howard the Duck, 1986, what the fuck happened? How did we end up on this movie for number eight? What the fuck happened? We ended up on Howard the Duck because uh, a good friend of mine and a listener, as well as Patreon of the show, uh, Bonner Demling, gave enough money to you guys that she was handed the power to choose a movie that we would review normally, and she decided instead she wanted to choose a What the Fuck Happened movie. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. At her tier, she can pick any movie for us to review. I love this idea. 
I have a feeling that's what this tier is going to turn into, is that it's going to turn into people pick what the fuck happened movies. There you go. You guys want to sign up? It's a 10 bucks a month tier. Get uh, gets you whatever. What the fuck movie you want. Uh, but look, I want to dedicate this episode to, to Bonner Demling. And I love the story, Dalhauer. You turned her on to the show. She loved the show. And now she's giving us money. Like, it's amazing. Yes, she's very lucky that I love her because God damn it. <laughs> so she's the reason you put yourself through this hell. It's a great pick. Look, this is a true what the fuck happened movie. I had never seen this movie before <laughs> and I watched it earlier this week. Did you guys have you guys seen this movie before? Dalhauer? I had seen it before. As far as I remember, I think we actually had this movie on a cassette, like a, v- a VHS cassette. Absolutely. For all you millennials. Yep. That was like taped off of like TNT on a Sunday <laughs> at three o'clock or something like that. Like we didn't even bother to buy the movie. We just stole it from television. <laughs> For the millennials, that's that square black rectangle with the white uh, circles, two white circles uh, in, in the middle. That's VHS tape. Rugs, have you seen this movie before? Yeah, I think not all the way through. Yeah. I think I kind of watched it to see if Leah Thompson was naked in it. And then uh, <laughs> I realized that she wasn't, and the only tits that were in it were duck tits. She's, yeah, oh my God. The, she's almost <laughs> naked. I I can't believe I'd never seen this movie before. I had not seen this movie, and why I thought it was a great pick, every five minutes I was literally going, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Uh, constantly you were saying that to yourself, so I'm like, this is perfect. Uh, and let me just, I'm going to set up just a little bit. Usually I'll give you the Rotten Tomato score in the box office and all that shit up front. I'm going to save that for afterwards because uh, I just want to get into this movie. But I, we have to give you a little bit of context of uh, Howard the Duck, a Marvel Comics character, first appearance, December 1973, an adventure into fear, number 19, created by Steve Gerber, who wrote it, and Val Merrick was the original artist. This is technically, here we go, MCU fans, you know, you, you got your Iron Man's. This is technically Marvel's first feature movie. Oh, shit. Let that sink in a little bit. Wow. <laughs> it was their first feature movie. It's the first Marvel movie made through Universal Studios. Yes, Universal and Lucasfilm producing, which this gets even crazier. <laughs> and my favorite bit is it's the first and for a while the only Marvel movie to ever play with the idea of the multiverse. Yes, that's and that's that was uh, that was very interesting when I saw that. I was like... Holy crap, they're using the multiverse. So Marvel wouldn't make another movie until Blade in 1998, I believe. Uh, yes. Directing this movie, a fellow named Willard Hyuk. Hyuk, Hyuk, <laughs> which is a sound you really don't make watching this movie if that you think that's the sound of laughter. You know, there's not a lot of Hyuks in this, in this movie. Not intentionally, anyways. Uh, written, uh, written by Steve Gerber. Whoa. He actually, the creator of it actually wrote the movie. Uh, the guy who made the baby food? Uh, yeah, from Gerber. Oh. As far as cast, oh, wow. here's all you got to know who's in this. Marty McFly's mom, uh, the principal from Ferris Bueller, and Tim Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Those are your main, of course, that's Leah Thompson, Jeffrey Jones, Tim Robbins. And a tiny man in an animatronic duck head. Well, apparently it was like eight people. So we'll get into that at some point. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, but yes, tidy stunt actors and the voice of Chip Zine as none other than Howard yes. the Duck. Classic 80s actor Chip Zine. Of course. As we all remember. <laughs> Everyone loves yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows who that is. We all remember that. 
That person? That guy with yeah. the quirky voice. So released August 1986. So before we get to the re- the recap of the movie, Dahauer, can we just talk about 1986 for a second? This Go is, right ahead. I didn't. I wasn't alive. Well, this is the thing. This is the oldest movie we've done. 1986 was a great year for many reasons. Anthony had not been born yet. Yes. Uh, so I I was 10 years old and we moved from Chicago just one mile west to the suburbs. And soon after, my cousins gave me a bunch of comics and I started collecting comics. Brugs, what do you remember about 1986? I don't know. I, I didn't know I was I had to think about this in, in advance. The thing that I have to ask though, Imran, yeah. is outside of it's when I first started collecting comics. What of the rest of that became an amazing year for you? I don't know. There was just something about, look, you're 10 years old. Everything is just like. I mean, it, it might have been start. a good year for movies. Well, number one movie, 1986, Top Gun. This is the context where, right. right? Okay. It was a great year for movies. Number one TV show, The Cosby Show. Okay. Oh, and the cartoons. We had two Ghostbusters shows. There was the Rambo cartoon. G.I. Joe Transformers was on. Number one song that year, That's What Friends Are For, Dion and Friends. Ugh. <laughs> Did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles start? No. That, that was, I think that was later, like 88. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is, and then number one toy, Teddy Ruxpin was killing it, which also kind of ties into I think this movie. In 86, I was old enough to notice what girls were like. Oh. I think I started to figure out, oh, there's other things than toys. <laughs> Oh, but look, just to put it in perspective, these were the movies in 1986. Crocodile Dundee, Platoon, The Karate Kid Part 2, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, Aliens, Back to School, The Golden Child. Like it was a oh, The Golden Child. It's an amazing. It's quite an amazing year for for 80s movies. And then you had Howard the Duck somewhere in the middle. So Del Howard, I've uh, brushed off the dust on this VHS tape. I'm shoving it in the slot. I've hit tracking. Hold on. I got to adjust the tracking. Hold on. It's still scratchy. God damn this fucking machine. Let me hit it on the side. Okay. Okay. And it's rolling. Take it away, Del Howard. So Howard the Duck, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm actually still watching this movie because it is like 19 hours long, but uh, we'll go back to the beginning for everybody. Howard the Duck starts off uh, on a planet that you are initially going to believe is Earth, but it turns out is not. Because as a shadowy figure enters an apartment, you see all various movie memorabilia and pictures and trophies and everything, and they're all duck-themed. And there's duck puns everywhere. And already, within the first 30 seconds of this movie, I want to die. (laughs) There's so many duck puns. We meet Howard the Duck, who we know is Howard T. Duck from the mail that he drops on a chair. As he rummages through his uh, fridge to get a beer, he obviously is coming back from a hard day at the office, I guess, and sits down to try and watch some TV where everything is just duck versions of things that we are used to, like infomercials and a commercial for a guy with really low prices on appliances and a jock itch commercial (laughs) that leads to Howard scratching his duck balls. (laughs) Once he decides that he is bored of watching TV, Howard pulls out a Play Duck magazine Play that Duck. he apparently had purchased that day. Yes. And flips to the centerfold, where in minute two, we get our first sighting of duck titties. Duck titties! Oh, shit. Yeah. The great thing about this is that he pulls out, like, uh, a brown paper bag. Yeah, like Back a Back in those days, yes. like, you guys don't know about porn, but, like, you... You're you went getting, to yes, this, it's, uh, the, it's the indiscriminate bag so that yeah. people couldn't notice you were buying porn. Yeah, it's always wrapped in some kind of, like, brown paper. 
like to make it look like it. everybody knew you were buying porn. Just couldn't see what it was. You, you still had to ask for it from the top shelf. Yeah. I mean, duck titties right in the beginning and a movie that's allegedly for kids. Yeah. Yes. In a movie that is PG. PG. This is the PG of 86 people. That's what I'm saying. Wow. We grew up fine. Yes. Nothing bad happened to <laughs> us. We're good exactly. people. Exactly. This is a racy, hard PG, unlike I've ever seen. We weren't running into schools, mowing each other down. No, no we were fine. We saw, no, it's these other guys. We saw duck titties. We moved on with our lives. <laughs> yeah. So then after after getting a, an eye full of duck tits, Howard's armchair starts to shake and is immediately pulled backwards out of his apartment, where he flies through several walls of other apartments, including the bathroom of an apartment that has yet another naked deck, a duck woman. <laughs> Yes. This is minute three, and we are on our second duck tits. This later. is like, look, I'll have this screenshot in the show notes, listener. This is the best look of a duck titties you will ever see. She's got a glass of champagne in her hand. She, her hand is down under the bubbles doing something. I don't yes, know. Best. That's the word that describes yes, this. Yes, the best view um, of duck titties. <laughs> he is then pulled out of, out of the building, up into the sky, up off of the egg-shaped planet that he lives on. Of course it's egg-shaped. And through a wormhole, we are then introduced to the concept of the multiverse and the title of the movie, Howard the Duck. I just want to just make a, a statement yeah, right here. Yeah. It basically, it looks like he goes through a tube yeah, and then into space. And then the, he's just in space. Yeah, how, he's just how, flying through how space. How is he breathing he, in space? He goes through a tube. Yeah. Then he's flying through space. Yeah. Then he crashes through like the the glass window of the shadow zone from uh, uh, Superman Two. Oh yeah, yes. Oh yeah, like the Phantom Zone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the yeah. Phantom Zone. Yes, completely and unhurt. Then, <laughs> and then travels into a new dimension where he then crash lands on Earth. Completely Without unharmed. The, yes, he's fine. The multiverse thing, I was like, holy shit, look at this. Them doing the multiverse. Maybe this movie will actually be uh, interesting. Nope. Nope. So Howard lands in the back alley of somewhere in Cleveland, where it seems that everyone is either homeless or part of the punk rock scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 80s punk is vomited all over this movie. He, he is immediately picked up and accosted by a group of punks who carry him into a music club where he is immediately thrown out by the bouncer for undetermined reasons and is then chased around the back streets of Cleveland by a biker's gang called Satan Slut. <laughs> he won girl bikers and gang. all girls biker uh, bikers gang yeah. wanders into an alleyway where he winds up groping some woman's ass while she's making out with a dude and then gets knocked on his ass into the street because he touched her. <laughs> Uh, and then gets dumped into a garbage can by somebody. This is a G movie. Yes. <laughs> Just repeat All that. All the while, PG. Leah Michelle, <laughs> Leah Thompson, is busy, or sorry, yes, Leah Thompson is currently playing with her 80s girl band yeah. at this club, playing some song that doesn't matter. That, her hair looks marvelous. Her hair is huge, and that's her hair is. That's her hair is fucking ridiculous, and that's her singing too. Like that's and, like she, and that's her yeah, hair. Yeah, that's her hair too. It's amazing. So the song ends, and we are that's that's it. It was like a whole musical montage of Howard getting just beaten up and thrown around to let you know that he's in a new and different place. But he, number one, doesn't freak out at the idea of humans. Like he it's they aren't like gross monster people to him. Right. And nobody freaks out at the idea of a fucking walking and talking duck. Yeah. 
I, yeah. Except <laughs> for uh, like the next scene when Leah Thompson is walking home and gets accosted by two punks who I guess are planning to rape oh, her. Oh, they were going to yeah, rape her. Like, there's so many planned, like people planning to rape Leah Thompson in this yes. movie. I think I lost count. And they just happened to uh, s- push her up against the trash can that uh, Howard is sitting in and making PG references to having sex with her. <laughs> to which point, Howard is immediately angered by this. He doesn't know these people or even what fucking species they are, but he has decided no one's getting raped on my watch. Yeah, right after he put his hand up a girl's skirt. Yeah. So he makes it. He <laughs> makes that playboy. He, he makes the comment <laughs> that there's no more Mr. Nice Duck now. He jumps, vertically jumps up out of the trash can. Mind you, Howard is three feet tall. He's got duck legs. And the trash can was closed. It was initially closed, then suddenly opened. And then suddenly closed again. So you land again. Powerful duck legs. That's how yeah. I explained it. Vertically leaps out of the trash can, stands on the edge of it. This is an empty trash can. He is somehow balancing himself. Yeah. And comments that he is a master of quack food. Quack food. These duck puns don't stop in this movie. Does a bunch of karate poses. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no. Before he does this, though. Uh, Leah Mich- or Leah Thompson bests her two potential rapists, beats the crap out of one of them, and then yells, help, help, I need help. And then when no one immediately shows up, just punches the dude in the face again. <laughs> and then they apparently like overpower her a second time. So that's when he jumps up and decides he's going to use quack foo on them. At this point, these two druggy rapists... <laughs> Cannot believe their eyes at the fact that Howard the Duck is a real thing. They assume they are so high that they are imagining this. Oh, what's the line? He goes, I think I did too much toot. Yes. That's the best line. Oh, my God. That is apparently their street lingo for whatever the fuck they're supposed to be on. Then they get their ass kicked by a three-foot duck and uh, (laughs) Leah Thompson, who weighs about 100 pounds. He must have been high as shit. And run off. So now, smitten with the fact that this freakish three-foot-tall bird person has just saved her from potentially being raped, Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck are now friends. You know, I will say one thing. This is a time, 1986, everyone was way more accepting. There was no fear-mongering. There was no, you know, afraid of foreigners. Uh, People saw you look like a duck, and they were like, oh, that's fine. Come on, let's go hang out. Everyone is just very accepting. Just more proof that Reagan's America works. Yes, damn it. See, like, the suspension of disbelief in the 80s was at an all-time high. Yes. You could do anything because people wanted to escape reality. And this is one of those times where, or in many movies, where they exploit that to the nth degree. Uh, was it successful? Is it, does it hold up now? No. Yeah. But very commonplace in the 80s yes. for fucking, yeah. you just believe shit. Like Alf landed from another yeah, planet. That's true. People just believe. Yeah. Just remember, in the eighties, Nick Cage was a romantic lead. Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, Leah, I'm, I'm also, by the way, not referring to Leah Thompson as Beverly at all in this. Her movie name is Beverly because she's not Beverly. <laughs> she's just cute, Leah Thompson. I don't care what the name of the character is. It's Leah Thompson. Oh, she's overacting. And that's her all ass it off. It's yeah. Marty's mom. Yeah, it's Marty's mom overacting in every line. So she decides to bring Howard home with her because obviously, of course, why not? 
<laughs> if if you save me from being raped, you can spend the night at my place. Also, if you're a three foot duck and I make comments about how like I never had a pet before. <laughs> So they go back to her place where she just kind of prattles on about the fact that she's in a band and she wants her band to do well. But I guess they have like a shitty uh, manager and like they don't ever make any money from their gigs or whatever. While they are there, uh, we've come to learn that Howard refers to women as doll because <laughs> apparently he is a 40 year old man from 1947. <laughs> Uh, and also, he suffers from terrible PTSD after traveling through dimensions. And he sits down in a chair to talk to Leah, uh, Leah Thompson while he's ex- giving his whole character exposition speech about having formerly been uh, a musician that now works as a uh, copywriter for oh, marketing. Ad- yes, yeah. Uh, and then he, he like sits down in the chair so they can have they can both have a beer. And suddenly a truck goes by and it causes like the room to shake because she's in a shitty Cleveland apartment. Oh, yeah. And he freaks out. And he freaks the fuck out. And we're having red tinted flashbacks to him getting sucked out of his apartment because apparently that wasn't 10 minutes ago in the movie. (laughs) Need to remind you. (laughs) And so after giving all of his uh, duck exposition and telling you who he is and what he's about. Uh, which honestly doesn't matter until the end of the movie. He falls asleep uh, just like up in her window on like a windowsill. She has like a bench seat, just like a bench window kind of thing. Just falls asleep there. His wallet happens to just fall out of whatever he's wearing. Yeah. And uh, Leah Thompson decides, I'm going to go through his fucking wallet. And so she finds... Everything in his wallet is more duck puns. Yes. Like the Mallard card credit card. Uh, Marshington, D.C. Yes. Uh, the fact that their money is basically just American dollars, but it's got a duck on it. With a duck, George Washington. And he also has a duck condom. Yes. Oh, shit. the best part. Somebody touch my spaghetti. The best part. It just looks like a normal condom. It looks like a condom for a little child. It's condom, but it, it's it's like a regular condom, but it's small. It's got more of like an oval, almost egg shape to it. And it's not wrapped in anything. It's just loose in his wallet. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no packaging. There's no packaging. It's, yeah, it's, and, it's been rubbing up against dollar bills that have been touched by millions of other ducks. One of my favorite things about this is ducks as birds don't have dicks. <laughs> oh, that's a what? Oh, wait a minute. Do they? How do they? Actually, I think they do. They must have. I think I'm wrong. Everything has a dick. Everything's got. There's a duck no, penis, but who knows what it I'm looks sure. like? I guess it's. The I guess you could Google point. this anyway. Because immediately after I said that, I was like, wait a minute. There was a video several years back that was like the. Uh, oh, no, that was Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Never mind. There was there was like a scientifically accurate Ninja Turtles opening theme. Yeah. That somebody made. And part of it was talking about that. The fact that they have like a two foot long barbed penis. Oh, shit. Yeah. To lock it in. I don't know if ducks do or not. If you Google duck penis, get, you, will, you will see. Listen to Google Adam duck Moore. penis. Yeah. Adam Morris, let us know. That's I'm your, not going to Google. He's a science I'm just going to have Adam tell me. I'm okay. tempted, but I don't want to have to unsee anything. <laughs> that's going to just derail the whole show. Yeah. So anyway, that's the end of that scene. She, she, while he's asleep, she looks at the condom and she gives him this look that's like, you rascal. Oh, Howard. Oh, Howard. <laughs> like, he's like, you're a sexual being. Yes. And it's like, I find it so weird 
that like <laughs> the ultimate reaction that every character in this movie has when they meet Howard is they either want to fight him or they want to fuck him. Yeah, pretty much. Like, or both. Or both. Yes. Or they're Tim Robbins. And I'm th- I'm thinking it's fuck. I think Tim Robbins does want to fuck him. <laughs> Look, Leia Le- yeah. Thompson wants to fuck this duck in this movie. When you get, yeah, it's going to happen. So the next day she decides she's going to try and help Howard figure out how he got to earth and how he might get back. So she dumps him into a garbage bag, drags him to the natural history museum in Cleveland to meet with a friend of hers who happens to be Tim Robbins, Oscar winning Tim Robbins, Oscar winning Tim Robbins. Yeah. Who is chewing the scenery like he doesn't know where craft services is. Oh, yeah, he's full of he's it. He's the right most there. confusing like, it, character in the whole movie. He is so fucking over the top yeah. that he is too much for the Howard the Duck movie. So they decide that they're going to try and like they want to figure out if they can figure out anything about like his species. And Tim Robbins is giving this long ass speech about how on his planet they must have evolved from the duck. So they went to become Cro-Magnon ducks and then the modern duck that we see before us. <laughs> and also starts talking about like he thinks because Howard's an alien, maybe he has superpowers and he's just not telling us about them. And the whole time Howard's just being a douche to him. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, What what am I thinking, Howard? Can you read my thoughts? You're thinking I'm a fake and everyone's gonna figure it out. And you're like, Oh, I get it. You're just being an ass. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Like that's basically the end of the scene, yeah. is then they get mad at him because he doesn't know how to help. And then they get mad at him because he apparently isn't a scientist. He's like a lab assistant. Yeah. And they went to him for and help. And then they're like, Leah oh, Thompson this guy. gets mad at him. Yeah. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's like, you brought Howard to this man. You knew him before this. <laughs> yes, you went. How there. do you not know? And it's never really quite. You're not quite sure what Tim Robbins character is because it changes throughout the movie. As far as I can tell, because this seems to be the way the movie goes, yeah. is he is yet another person who is just hoping he can somehow bang Leah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like everyone else in this so movie. We already encountered already three or yeah. four characters and maybe two, Howard the duck yeah. himself. Two rapists, yeah. a sentient duck and Tim Robbins all want to bang this woman. <laughs> and we're not only like 15 minutes in. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> at which point when they leave the museum, Howard and, and Leah get mad at each other for reasons, <laughs> I guess. Like, she basically is like, Howard, you don't have to be so mean about everything. It's like, you both just told this guy to fuck himself (laughs) and ran off. And now you're telling Howard he's being too mean about it. So they get into a fight outside of the museum. Howard scares a bunch of kids by being like, oh, by the way, I'm a three foot tall sentient duck. And so she storms off. And like the way that she walks is as if somebody (laughs) said to her. I need you to convey with every amount of your body you can that you are 12 years old and did not get to go to Chuck E. Cheese. There's so much overacting. Yeah, this is their, like the rom-com would have their first lover's quarrel. Yeah. There you go. And they and the best part about it is, is like, they're, they're like, you know, well then screw you. I don't need you. We've only known each other for maybe 12 hours. You guys just met. It's so many mixed genres in this movie that your head spins. So apparently directly after fighting with Leah Thompson 
and therefore not knowing what to do or where to go. This is Howard's crazy. next this so belief crazy. is, I need to get a job and make money. <laughs> yes, let's go to the employment office, shall and we? So in one day, uh. he goes to the employment office where we find out that Howard loves fat asses. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, he <laughs> also stops by the uh, Goodwill to pick up some clothing. Yes. Uh, he's, he's he, makes, he makes one statement about how he's been stealing yeah. clothing from the children's section of Goodwill. That's right. <laughs> and I'm guessing this happens every other, like, or every 12 hours because he constantly shows up in different outfits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it somehow fit him perfectly. Yeah. He's got kids overalls on. Yeah. As he, he is sitting in the, the employment office and this woman is basically telling him, you're a lazy piece of shit. He thinks just because you look weird, you don't have to get a job and you could just mooch off the system with the uh, unemployment. But that's not how it's going to work here. And he then tries to bite her ass. Yes. I don't. And like it, you have to question whether this is a sexual thing because so far this movie has been very sexual. Or if that was him trying to bite her in the ass to be like, don't yell at me, bitch. No, he made like a mm sound and leave. Yes, forward. like. And so they, this, they have a close up of his eyes yeah. where it's like they widen. Yeah. And he gets this look where you're like, I don't know if you're angry or horny, but I think it's both. I also got the impression that this woman the whole time really had no clue that he was a duck. Despite ending with a duck uh, pun, she doesn't seem to notice that he's, he's a duck. There are two people in this whole it's movie. The that, that I think it was the recognize. head in the shades. Yeah. yeah the, 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 there's two people in this whole movie that recognize he's a duck. Leah Thompson <laughs> yes. and some black dude on the bus. Yeah, yeah. That's a duck, man. Oh, and then this next scene, Dahlhauer. Holy <laughs> shit. So it turns out that the woman got him a job, and that same day, he is now working at... I, oh, did I write down what it was called? I think it's Hot Tubs of Love. That, was that the name? Was that the or name? something like yes. that? Yes. Explain. Uh, Hot Tubs. Think about people fucking hot Dude, tubs. Dude, what place. is this place? What the fuck is going on? I've never on? seen a place like Someone this. Someone describe yeah. this place. Howard Howard gets a job at what can only be described as a sex club exclusively offering hot tubs to fuck in, is what I wrote. Yeah. Yes. There's people making out in the hallway. There's this is a G-rated this movie. Is a it's a G-rated movie. movie, and the scene opens with a woman whose robe is almost falling <laughs> off her. This guy's rubbing her she's leg. making out yes. with some guy in a hallway. Yeah. Another woman and another couple runs into the scene yes. where we just barely cover her breasts as the guy goes grabbing her and dragging her back <laughs> to a hot tub. Oh, my God. They're both giggling, so obviously this is okay. What is this place? Part of me was really disturbed, and the other part of me kind of wanted to go there. Like, I wish <laughs> it was real. I didn't know what to do. So Howard is is working here, I guess, collecting the, the towels. Towel. Yeah, he's a towel mop-up boy. And his boss goes to yell at him because he's going to just sit there and smoke a cigar. And he tells him that one of the jets in a hot tub is broken. And we learn that Howard can't swim oh, because twist. the boss throws him head first into what seems to be like a five foot deep uh, hot tub. While there's a couple fucking that, in there that a couple is just banging it's in. so gross. And they don't even <laughs> notice like what is going on. So Howard then decides <laughs> that he's going to get revenge by knocking the uh Oh no! It was it was it was the uh, the room was called Lava of Love. Lava of was Love was the mud bathroom. <laughs> it's all like dark and, and he neon. Goes, he goes 
ju- like dumping the boss into the mud bath. Oh, he that wasn't shit. It was mud bath, right? No, I, yeah. think, it's, I think it was supposed to be a mud bath. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he slides and, and then hits, just tells hits him, him. I quit. <laughs> and leaves. Yes. So after working here for, what, an hour? <laughs> Howard's gone. So this is one of those scenes that was this scene really necessary to put in the movie? There's no what point. The There's no reason this He's is working here. in a sex sauna brothel in a peachy rated it's movie. It's just to do the jokes. Yeah, it was just it's, for it's more to establish that puns. he can't swim, so that later on he can mention that he can't swim and have it amount to nothing. You know what? I forgot. I had a sound clip. I wanted to get stuck in the listener's head, so every so often I was gonna play it, and uh, it's this. Okay, carry on. Try to get that out of your head. There. <laughs> that should be just the transition of every scene. <laughs> yes, that happens. So he winds up back in the alleyway behind the club where he was that last night when he arrived on Earth. And apparently Leah Thompson's band is playing there again tonight. They're the house band. Does he go? Yes, I guess the they're one of three house bands. Uh, yeah. Including New Blue and <laughs> the Box Boys. The Box Boys. I love their first album. Yeah, I hated when they sold out. They did. Became the box men. <laughs> they yeah. got too big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> box boys to men is there. <laughs> so he gets into the club this time without any problem. Apparently not paying cover because uh, he doesn't have money. He quit his job, so he can't even collect unemployment now. <laughs> I guess he had a social security number. And in the club, he is watching Leah Thompson's band play some depressing song about, like, breaking up with your boyfriend. Is that this one? <laughs> no, it's not. That. <laughs> and then they play another song, and Howard apparently stumbles across the band's manager named Ginger. Right. Uh, my favorite thing? Not a redhead. <laughs> yeah, I was confused when he called him Ginger. I was like, is that a slur? Is that his name? And apparently their manager, Ginger, is accepting money from random club goers to, I think, date rape Leah Thompson. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Like the guy walks over and he hands him a wad of bills and says something along the lines of like, like, and you're telling me that I can have the girl. He's like, I'll send the girl over later. So he's basically he's pimping, pimping out, out the, the lead singer of this band. <laughs> yeah, there's some dubious stuff going on there. Jesus, uh, she's no idea. And Howard Very wanders dark. over yeah. and basically tells them, uh, fuck you, you're going to give me their money, uh, and you're going to stop being a sleazy shit. He's kind of badass in this, I got to admit. I was like, At which point, they, they go, yeah, no. <laughs> and they throw him down the bar like it's an old Western. Yep. And he slides down the bar, causing a commotion, getting Leah Thompson's kind of attention when no one's watching them play music behind the chain link fence that's supposed to prevent them from having bottles thrown at them. Yeah, this is not uh, the Blues Brothers. Like, what what are you doing? It's Cleveland. And so he then gets back up on the bar and he beats the shit out of all three of the guys who who are here. And then he... Almost gets stabbed by Ginger with an ice pick. <laughs> uh, manages to uh, subdue Ginger and then stab the ice pick through his earring and then threaten to pierce his other ear with another ice pick. At which point, Ginger gives him the money and says he'll no longer be the manager of the band. So Howard then goes backstage because I guess he could just let himself backstage at this club. <laughs> 
uh, and makes sure to, and then just is back there. Yeah, no all one's going to fuck with him now. All of the girls in the band want to bang him. <laughs> and Leah Thompson comments that she was worried and missed him. Bitch, you don't know him. <laughs> Howard's this, gangster, dude. This dude showed up, saved you from a couple of rapists. That's great. Then he decided to kind of be an asshole to you and tell you to fuck off. <laughs> he then shows up at your gig that night, lets himself into the green room after he beat the crap out of a bunch of guys in the bar for reasons unbeknownst to you. Like, well, they were going to try and get with her, too. They're all she don't know Leah that. Yeah. And see, oh. he just he beat up a manager and took it, just took the job by force uh, so he could rape her. So right now, Homeboy is on the same level as Mark Wahlberg in the movie Fear. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. So he's back there, and Tim Robbins just comes running in. He brought pizza, by the way. That's the only good thing about Tim Robbins. Uh, Which Howard doesn't know what pizza is. (laughs) His planet has a duck pun based on fucking everything we know as humans. But they didn't have pizza. And Tim ah. Robbins' <laughs> description of pizza is round Italian foodstuffs. Also, did you notice he dates one of the members in the band? I yeah. didn't. That's why he showed up. He was dating one of the band members. I was like, what oh, the fuck? Okay. <laughs> that kind of explains how <laughs> Leah Thompson kind of knows him, yes. but doesn't really know anything about him. Yes. I don't. I never caught that dialogue, so that's why I figured no, the, he was... Just the drummer. Some, yeah, he's okay. dating the drummer, which why did the drummer I, go out with Tim Robbins? I don't know. Not knowing that is why I figured he was just some like doofy groupie guy right? that wanted but, to bang Leah Thompson. Yeah. So then he, he is trying to tell Howard of all of these various scientific theories he has about who Howard is and where he came from. And Howard just doesn't want to hear it. Uh, and as they're leaving, he, Howard just also remembers to say, oh, by the way, number one, here's your money for the gig that you were supposed to get. And number two, uh, I got you out of your contract with your bullshit manager. Gangster. And now the and now the band is all like, oh, my God, you're the greatest. They love him. And uh, suddenly Leah Thompson starts referring to him as Ducky. (laughs) Because we all really needed to remember the (laughs) pretty pink, amazing film, pretty and pink, which upon further uh, viewings these days is not good. And by not good, I don't mean like, oh, that's a bad movie. I mean, like it is filled with terrible sexism and racism. Yeah, that gets a little rapey too, a little bit and stalkerish, doesn't it? A you, little yeah, bit. Yeah, if you watch it. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Ducky's a stalker. Yeah. And back to Howard the Duck. Thank you. <laughs> uh, he goes back to... Or, Tim Robbins steals a feather from Howard's ass and runs away cackling like a fucking madman <laughs> saying something about how if the feather matches will know and you think to yourself you oh homeboy's fucking insane yeah. so he leaves they go back to Leah Thompson's place where now uh, Howard starts writing the uh, chords for the Howard the Duck song at the end <laughs> Uh and Leah Thompson wanders around in her panties. Oh, my God. Which is great. She it, she invites a duck person over to stay and just pretty much strips down to her panties like no big deal. Uh, it's well, she's like trying to make put the moves on him. She's like, come on, let's watch TV together. Get in the bed. She's, des- and he's like, she's just teasing I don't him, know. though. 
And so then she gets into the bed with him and she starts making these comments about like, oh, well, or he makes like flirty comments about like, yeah. oh, do you ever think like the, the, the one for you might be from the animal kingdom? <laughs> yes. And so immediately she's like, I'm going to turn the fucking tables on you. Yep. And she cranks it up to fucking 11. And it's basically just like, let's do it, Howard. Let's fuck right here in this bed. I don't care that you're a duck. I want your duck dick. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he's just suddenly panics. It's like, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. I was just kidding. I don't even know if this would work. I, I'm tired. I have a headache. We shouldn't do this. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Dude, I'm, my jaw was like wide open on the floor. during. I was like, what? Am, what is going on? What am I watching? I had just seen the shape of water, so I was good. Oh, yeah, already saw the the, the <laughs> Sally Hawkins fuck a fish guy, a, a lady, a lady fuck a fish. Yeah, so you're all. Uh, this is a uh, part for the course. This is nothing. So, yeah. and then it just—it's like I guess the whole joke of it is supposed to be the fact that he's like laying it on thick of like I want to have sex with you, and she's like, let's do it. He's like, never mind. But he's not man enough. I love how he gets aroused and his feathers flap up on top, and he's like, sorry, and puts it back down. So then she just she's like, oh, I'm just kidding with you. And she kisses him. And I guess in 1986, they were afraid that having her kiss the animatronic duck was going to cause like societal problems because they show it in in, bl- in, silhouette, in silhouette later. Window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that later scene, she's about to take her top off. This is dude. Okay. Uh, alleged bestiality in a PG rated kids movie. Oh, shit. It's, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. So anyway, just uh, as they're about to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Just as she has commented that she is uh, messing with him and she gives him a kiss on the bill. Yeah. Uh, Tim Robbins, Principal Ed Rooney. Yes. Rooney. And <laughs> random white guy number three. Yeah. Arrive and just let themselves into her apartment. <laughs> they see her kissing. Not announcing themselves. <laughs> They ninja sneak their way into this apartment just walk in. and just stand there watching. And then they just appear over this little, like, I guess, changing, uh, like, board I don't know, or whatever it was. She lives in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, it's like a divider. Yeah. yeah. It's like a plastic And they're sheet. just all standing there with their heads over top of it like the fucking Three Stooges. And they're like, oh, hey, Leah Thompson and duck person. <laughs> And so they freak out and they're like, what the hell are you doing here? Why did you let yourselves in? At which point, uh, Professor Ed Rooney decides to give the explanation that he knows how Howard wound up on Earth. He was experimenting with some sort of space laser that he built. And when he fired it, something went wrong. And that something caused a rift in the dimensions that pulled Howard into theirs. And he had a feather from Howard that appeared out of thin air and he caught it and it matched Howard's feathers. So they now know that that's what happened. So they decide, well, all we're going to have to do is we'll just have to use the laser again and send Howard home. Uh, you know, there was some weird celestial alignment of stars that made this happen. We're pretty sure because I mean, how would we not know that? And it's still happening now. So we have a very limited amount of time that this can work. So they all pack up and decide they're going to head over to the the lab and take care of this. Like up until this point, the movie, it's it's a movie. Yeah. It hasn't right. had a plot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It had been vignettes yes. of weird shit right. happening yeah. involving a duck. It was person. just stuff happening one after another. Yeah. yeah it, but it was like a, it, w- it was watchable to a certain degree. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. 
I think that the movie takes a really bad turn at, at this yes, juncture. In the second oh, half, yes. yes. The it, moment, stops, it stops being watchable. The moment yeah. they decide they're going to actually instill a plot yes. instead of just showing random kitsch, things, yes. It t- is it when changes. you suddenly are like, oh, wow. The, the tone completely shifted. This movie has taken one hell of a right turn. And now I don't know where we're going or why. <laughs> exactly. Is, yes. Because like in order to do the next part of this movie, uh, you need to have like really good direction. You really ha- need to do cool stuff. And this movie doesn't have any of that. No. It has no budget for that. Yes. Like, I don't know. They used all the budget in the fucking animatronic duck yes. face. I think. The only, Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that they used the budget for was the animatronic duck faces and the flying stunts that they did oh, yeah. at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. That had to cost a pretty penny. Um, And the one car they blow up. By the way, wait, did we mention this is produced by George Lucas? I just want to throw yes. that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, and this is, this is post Lucasfilm, George Lucas. Yes, this is three years after like Return of the Jedi and, uh, yeah. So they, they all decide they're going to head over to this lab and as they're getting there, uh, they discover there was some sort of catastrophic problem that when they were trying to set the laser up again, something went wrong and there was an explosion and Dr. Ed Rooney was caught in it and he disappeared and they think he's dead. And then the cops show up and I'm assuming one dude who's from the FBI. But anyway, I, I, yeah. I don't remember. They were all they, apparently they weren't supposed to be at the lab working on this super secret laser project at 11 o'clock at night, I guess. And the, the police are fucking mad about it. And they are also real mad at the fact that Howard Duck is a goddamn duck. <laughs> so there's a point where they think that he's like a kid in a costume or something. Yeah. So in order to prove it, they strip him down to his underwear to find the zipper. They damn near rape Howard doing this, too. This was like it's, duck it rape. Gets, it gets so weird to the point where it's like they're stripping his clothes off. He's yelling and screaming. <laughs> Leah Thompson's watching through a window like, leave him alone. Stop it. <laughs> and there's a cop just giving her the look like, you're going to fucking watch. <laughs> they're grabbing at him and pulling at things. They think it's a costume. Oh, it's so, so disturbing. And so when they find out there's no zipper, no one like questions it no one's like um what the fuck they're just like oh he's a duck <laughs> put him under arrest oh, that explains it arrest him <laughs> so they they put him they put his clothes back on him yeah they put him in handcuffs and they walk him into another room where he then sets a trash can on fire in order to distract a cop he and leah thompson beat the cop up and steal his gun holy crap dude she assaults a cop she takes the cop's gun like what you can't do that what are you doing and it's just all played for jokes it's so they crazy then hold the cop at gunpoint yes. and demand he unlock howard's handcuffs they are now on the run from the police you guys inside are this yeah this crazy fucking science facility warehouse at which point while they're running away, they're hiding under a set of stairs and like a bunch of cops all gather together. And one cop with like the greatest radio voice <laughs> comes walking over and he's like, all right, listen, <laughs> we are looking for a duck and that duck has a gun. And you know what that means? He's armed and dangerous. So shoot to kill. And you're like, okay, Apparently, Officer Casey oh Kasem <laughs> was so ready for this day. Uh, uh. 
And in the middle of him giving this whole speech, like he's like, you know, which means he's dangerous. And it cuts back to Howard. He's like, dangerous? Moi? And you're like, oh, so now you're a fucking Muppet? Uh, and they're like, and he has a gun. So he takes the gun and he throws it into a bucket of sludge. Yeah. That's just sitting there. That doesn't mean they're not going to shoot you still. They don't know you did that. Yeah, they don't know you don't have the gun. <laughs> Why, what difference is that going to make? At least keep and the gun. He's quack foo. He's going to say, and then at shoot to kill, he does like, you know, the classic, like pulling at the color gulp. <laughs> no, they both audibly say the word gulp. They're like, gulp. Like both of them at the same time. I was like, did they just do that? And so then the cops run off in one direction away from the stairs and they slink off in the other direction. And as they're trying to escape, they find Dr. Ed Rooney. Oh, my God. He's who, okay. Who seems to just randomly have appeared in this part of the, the lab uh, with a really bad sunburn, but alive and somewhat dazed. And so they tell him, look, the cops are looking for us. and They're going to kill us. We got to get out of here. He goes, all right, I'll help you get out of here. So they get out of the lab and they steal a car. And drive off. Right. The cops are real mad that they got away. But don't chase them. <laughs> and the only reason that they're having trouble is that while they are driving away, Dr. Ed Rooney is apparently about to have an alien baby or something. Yeah, and Howard and Beverly don't notice for a really long time. He's constantly talking <laughs> about how, yes. I feel like there's something inside of me. It's, it's, it's killing me. They're like, okay, that's great. Can you keep watch driving. the road? Yeah, no, but at one point he goes, I feel like I'm changing. And Howard's like, what do you mean? Like a sex change? Like for no reason. Why are yeah. you making sex change jokes? And then... They they also it's funny because it's there's funny. A one point where he's talking about like, I feel like there's something inside of me trying to get out. And Leah Thompson goes, we'll stop in a bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> the worst fucking <laughs> the worst lines. So now it's like five minutes of just stunt driving yes. of them trying not to crash into stuff. <laughs> and it ends with them about to crash into a diner, but they stop just in time to lightly tap the glass in front. Very convenient. And they're all like, oh, great. Well, that could have gone worse. And now it turns out Dr. Ed Rooney is no longer Dr. Ed Rooney. I'm now someone else. <laughs> he does a voice. Oh, fuck. This is just a sweaty, slightly sunburned oh, Jeffrey so this Jones. Is where we're going to go now. Oh, boy. Yeah. It basically looks like the like he does at the end of first view. You know it does. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you see this movie and you see what they do to him, you don't have to do much to Jeffrey Jones you to just make walk him around with that wet. Yes, stew. you don't have so, to do much to make him look creepy and scary. Like it's so not they, hard. They decide the best way to deal with the fact that Doctor Ed Rooney is now Zool. Yes, is to go and get food in the diner. <laughs> and now, what kind of diner is this exactly, Dalhauer? This is the only diner yes. in America that has a fresh sushi bar. It's a, it's a, what is it called? It's a combo like diner sushi. Well, the like weird thing was, was sushi. it's, it's like, yeah, it's this weird, like Southern sushi diner. And you realize later on when they show it outside, it says something along the lines of like diner and under it says like Cajun something. Yes, it was. But then the something yes. is replaced with a new sign that says sushi. It was Cajun sushi. So it reads sushi. Cajun sushi. You got waitresses wearing a cowboy dress and like a Japanese flag bandana. And like, yeah, and the, the fucking rising what? sun bandana what? from Karate Kid. Yeah, it was really fucking weird. What the fuck at this movie? So they they sit down. Uh, they turns out Howard 
is really shitty to wait stand. Because <laughs> he stands on the fucking seat of the booth, turns around and goes, hey, hey, we're ready to order. Hey, just waving his arms hey, at Dutch, this woman. Get over here. Who's probably 13 hours into her shit. <laughs> she comes over to take their order. He asks for a beer. She comments on, wow, your kid's costume is really cool. <laughs> and Ed Rooney, who is now just a fucking demon in Ed Rooney skin, yeah. is starting to talk about how the world is going to come to an end and nothing matters because destruction is all that you have left. Yeah, it doesn't seem to bother anyone, though. They're just and like, she's He's like, cool, cool. oh, you seem a little weird. Yes. I'll get you guys some food. <laughs> They don't order food, by the way. She just brings them food. That's a good point. They said, we'll have the specials. Yes. Oh, oh okay. yeah, it was three specials. And so she comes back, and while they're talking to Ed Rooney, and he's talking about how he's apparently a dark over- overlord of the universe from a region of demons beyond the planets. He also has some sort of key card thing for the laser and says he needs to go back to use the laser so he can release all his other dark overlord friends. She comes back and gives them food, and one of the specials is fried eggs, and Howard freaks out about it because he's a duck. Yes. So they take the eggs away, and I'm surprised this woman hasn't told them all to fuck off already. Uh, At which point, they're like, great, so what we're going to do is we're going to take this key card, and we're going to go back to the lab, uh, and then we'll try and make you not a demon anymore. And so immediately... Three rednecks show up because they want to fuck Leah. <laughs> Everybody does. More people that want to fuck Leah Thompson. We are now up to eight, <laughs> I think. The entire cast of characters. So they come over and they start doing the whole what's going on, toots kind of thing. And we all know how Howard reacts to other men talking to Leah Thompson. He threatens violence. Tiny duck violence. <laughs> And in doing so, he also tries to go dark overlord Ed Rooney into fighting these men. And they all wind up getting into a fight with Howard. And it gets over the top where he's hitting people with pies. Yes, this goes over the top. So, yeah. Suddenly there's a mob. He's, Everyone he's hates hitting, Howard for some reason. He's hitting people with pies that he found. Uh, and he's rolling around on the a la carte that you <laughs> apparently have at a diner. Oh, yeah. Uh, crashes into a table. And people freak out that he's a sentient duck. And they decide that the best way to handle that is they become a lynch mob. But instead of lynching him, they plan on seasoning him, uh, cutting uh, him up, and cooking him. They all, they all become like uh, like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, they yeah. settled his mob. They, they tie his legs together and start sprinkling salt and pepper on him while there's he's alive. There's guys throwing lettuce yes, on him. Yeah. They lettuce. shove, shove <laughs> celery in his mouth. There's, there's like that Asian dude sharpening his blade like he's going to cut him open and cook it's him. It's so bad. Holy oh my God. shit, what the fuck is uh, going on? In order, to, in order to try and stop the mob, Leah Thompson comments that Howard is her boyfriend. <laughs> That's great. And then there's like and a- everybody stops and looks at her and they slut shame her. <laughs> and then one person talks about you're not even the same species. That's disgusting. Fucking duckest. And then they all they go get- back to trying to kill Howard. <laughs> There's something like, well, well, it just won an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. <right>. So. <laughs> She then has to go dark overlord Ed Rooney into murdering everybody in this diner. <laughs> and the only way she gets to that is by saying, they stole the key that'll let you use the laser. You might want to get that back. And he 
Oh yeah, that's right. I probably will want that back. I guess it's time to, for me to use my telekinetic power. <laughs> so he stands up. His whole body is glowing. Yeah. His eyes glow blue, and he uses telekinesis to shoot some sort of weird gravity ray at a redneck <laughs> and just, like, give him a seizure. He then uses telekinesis to grab the butcher's knife they were planning on using and fly it around, cutting down lights, and then cut the ropes on Howard's leg. Almost hitting his balls. Almost hitting Almost. his duck balls. He then, he then covers his what would be duck balls. Yeah. And when, when Leah Thompson asks him, are you all right? He responds with, yeah, <laughs> because apparently they have receded into his body. <laughs> yes. Dark overlord Ed Rooney then spends the next three minutes just destroying this diner. He's throwing people through windows and outdoors and flipping tables. It's all terrible. You do see like wires on some of the people in some of the shots. If you look carefully, it's really, oh, yeah. it's really bad. You don't even have to look careful. No, I was watching it in 1080p yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh, I saw uh, it. You see a wire. Yeah. <laughs> you see shit. Yes. Um, and so after, the, after Leah Thompson realizes, oh, fuck, we just released a demon on these people. We should probably leave. He blockades them in with all of the tables from the diner that he just puts in front of the door. And immediately she and Howard think the best thing to do is move the tables out of the way. <laughs> Doesn't really work no. uh, because he picks Howard up with his telekinesis, flings him around a bunch, takes back the key card from him, and then drops him on the ground. Oh, he fucking Star Wars Jedi's the forces with him. Like Lucas mm -hmm. totally gave him force powers. Yeah. I think he shoots him with lightning. Yeah, it was basically like the Emperor yeah. from uh, yeah. same. Funny you should set. mention that because for the rest of the movie, I wrote in my notes. Emperor Ed Rooney. Yes, he's the yeah, emperor. He's Palpatine. Um, so he then decides he's going to kidnap Leah Thompson because he needs her, steals a like a giant fuel truck and drives off, and Howard passes out. And then the police arrive. They already have Tim Robbins uh, locked up in the back of their cop car, and Tim Robbins has a line that I can only assume he improvised. <laughs> He is trying to lean his face out of the tiny crack in the back window that they left open and yells, I know my rights. Give me back my ball cap. <laughs> and the cop yells at him, shut up. And he responds back with you fascist. <laughs> what the fuck? Comedy gold. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so... He's sitting at the back of the police car trying to figure out how am I going to get out of this police car? And Howard is apparently across the street pretending to be part of like a statue. <laughs> he's pretending yeah, to be a statue in what looks like a nativity scene. But at the same time, the, the waitress, when she's getting interviewed by the cops, says, well, I thought he was wearing a costume, but then I realized Halloween's not till next month. Yeah, it's not. So, I mean, somebody's yeah. got a nativity scene out in fucking September. <laughs> They never put it away. That's all. So he sneaks over and he's talking to, to Tim Robbins, who he's now calling Philzy. His name is Phil, but now he's Philzy. Yeah, he, yeah, he continues to call him Philzy. And he it's remains so Philzy for the rest of the it's movie. It's so horrible. And so he's like, oh, well, we'll have to figure out a way to try and break you out of the cop car. And he's like, well, why don't you just break the window? And he goes, well, 
what about that window? And points to the fact that the front window in the cop car is open. wide open. Yeah. And there's no cage between the back seat and the front oh, seat. Oh, yeah, there isn't, isn't there? He so goes. Tim Robbins goes, oh, great. And so he dives into the front seat and headfirst is pouring himself out of the passenger window, to which point then Howard goes, why don't I just try the door and opens the back door to the cop car? <laughs> so now he and he and Tim Robbins attempt to try and get away from the cops and they run across the street where they find a fucking propeller glider that some guy just happens to have. Very convenient. And Howard's telling him, we got to get back to the, the lab because, um, you know, Dr. Ed Rooney's fucking evil and he stole Leah Thompson. So they're like, okay, great. We'll fly there on this this contraption that happens to be. Seems here. the way be the best way to get. We there. can put it together, and we'll be up in the air in no time. Yes. Uh, while all of that is happening, uh, Doctor Emperor Ed Rooney is making his way back to this uh, this lab, which apparently is like four states away now. <laughs> Where is he going? Yes, they, drive, they drove all night to get to the diner. Now they got to drive all morning back to get back to the place. <laughs> On the way, he realizes, he tells uh, Leah Thompson that he needs her body. And she comments with, I've heard that one before. <laughs> and then tells her that he needs her to play host to another one of these dark overlords. Then states that he is running low on energy. And what is the most fucking disturbing moment that this movie has offered? Yep has this weird fucking tentacle tongue just extend out of his mouth, which is a prosthetic head at this point. Yeah. So you get that awful, not actually a person uh, aesthetic as well and plugs it into the cigarette lighter <laughs> port in the truck in order to charge himself up. Big like an iPad. alien <laughs> penis just comes right out of his mouth. Oh, shit. Wow. That, I was not expecting that. So while Howard and Phil are able to get the glider built, the cops then uh, one cop comes running over to the main cop or FBI guy and tells him, uh, we just spotted the kid in the duck. He goes, really? Where? He's like, across the street. They're about to take off. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? Take off now? That's not my question. <laughs> my question is, you spotted these two who are technically wanted by the police which you are <laughs> across the street and you did nothing and decided <laughs> instead of say apprehending them <laughs> to come back and tell me about it, <laughs> giving them even more time to potentially get away from us. Hmm. Yeah. The cops get there just in time for Howard and Philzy Philzy to take off in this glider buzzing right over top of the cop cars like it's fucking E.T. and uh, Elliot. And off they go to try and head over to this uh, to the lab. Apparently their cars cannot drive fast enough to catch up with a glider on the ground. They cannot keep up with this they glider cannot. that runs on what is essentially <laughs> like a, a lawnmower, lawnmower engine. engine. Yes. Cannot keep up with the glider in their police cars. Uh, we now have a 10 to maybe 15 minute chase scene. This is another scene that could have been cut down a that lot. That is completely unnecessary. Completely. With, the cops, money. Yes. with the cops chasing after them with them 
flying over the, the streets, the swamps, flying over rivers, through swamps, like, so that Howard can dive bomb at duck hunters uh, and basically tell them, fuck you, duck hunters! <laughs> it's pro-duck um, propaganda. Constantly cutting away to Ed Rooney uh, traveling to a nuclear power plant where he breaks into the reactor to get more power. And then stops at a smog inspection checkpoint where he crashes into a bunch of cars and then murders a cop with a death ray that he shoots from his finger. That's right. He kills a state trooper, doesn't he? And blows up a bunch of cars. It's a PG movie. (laughs) (laughs) Then as they're driving away, looks at Leah Thompson and just goes, smog inspection. (laughs) And all I could think to myself was, this is a joke that only makes sense in L.A. in the 80s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very true. So they finally get back to the uh to the lab. And then they cut back to Howard and Phil running from the cops still. At which point Phil is dangling from the glider. Oh, you got stunts. You got the we've stunts got, here. We've got cop cars crashing into stuff and ramping off into lakes. This all cost a lot of money. It was completely and unnecessary. nobody gives a shit about this no, scene at yes. all. No. And it ends with them finally getting to the lab and crashing into the pond out front with Howard making a comment about how he can't swim. <laughs> After they crash, smash cut to them immediately walking into the lab. <laughs> Howard can't swim doesn't play into the story ever. No, no, it doesn't, does it? Why they keep bringing so they it up? So they get into the lab. They see that uh, evil emperor monster Ed Rooney, who is now like part Dracula, uh, has Leah Thompson tied up underneath the laser. And they're thinking, how are we going to try and stop him? He's like a demon from outer space. His hair is great in this part of the movie, by the way. His hair is great. I fucking love his hair. His spine is growing through the back of his coat. Oh, yeah. He's got, and he's got his fingernails are long and have all of his gloves have just uh, conveniently split open exactly to make them fingerless gloves. And I don't know how much face prosthetics he has on. I just think that's fucking Jeffrey Jones looking creepy. If anything, I think they didn't put makeup on him. No, they didn't need to. They're like, just get sweaty, Jeffrey. You look great. So then Phil remembers that, oh, yeah, this lab uh, had a failed government contract with the military to build a neutron blaster. We should go get that. So they they run off to this storage closet that uh, Phil can't get into because he's a lab assistant and doesn't have access so Howard just kicks the door open. <laughs> Quack foo, people. Comes in handy. Comes in handy. They find this uh, MacGuffin rifle sitting in like a just cabinet, basically, that's locked with a padlock. So they bash the padlock a lot with like a hammer. And it opens. <laughs> I didn't and they're know, able to get I, I didn't know you could open those padlocks that way. Is that the thing? It just falls apart. It really does. So they take out the big laser you know good guy rifle and they also have time to go attaching it to some sort of weird cart like motorized science cart yeah it's really lame and they're like all right great we're gonna use this to try and kill uh try and kill ed rooney meanwhile ed rooney has taken his sweet fucking time getting this laser set up (laughs) and finally gets it set up that it's going to go transporting the uh the demons from outer space 
I love the fact that the computer, because it's the 80s, says everything that pops up on the screen in a woman's voice. (laughs) And that woman's voice knows what this dimension beyond the stars full of demons is. Uh, uh. And also knows that it's being used to try and get them to be brought to Earth. So it has an arrival count. Arrival time? Three minutes. Yeah, Um, take that, Siri. (laughs) At which point... Uh, Howard and Phil fumble around Filzy. with the cart. Yes, sorry, Philzy. Yeah, Philzy. Fumble around with the cart with the laser on it, having it drive around super wacky. <laughs> Smashing into things. And catch the attention of evil Lord Xenu. <laughs> At which point, uh, he tries to kill them with his various telekinetic and laser powers and his super bad breath. Uh, and it all, it's, it all just culminates in they shoot him with the laser, and he's no longer evil Ed Rooney. But then Ed Rooney, who's now regular Ed Rooney, comments on, I think the evil presence is still here. So they go and get Leah Thompson. They cut her down from the table to now have a giant stop-motion oh my God. evil scorpion rancor. It looks like a really yeah. shitty rancor with, like, predator face, and it's got, like, a big snail tail and claws, and it's, wow. Like, it's classic, like, 1986 stop yeah, motion. Right? Like, yeah. Looks like Clash Nonsense. of the Titans stop motion, but even, like, the rancor looked better in, in, in Jedi. They clearly didn't have the, they didn't put the same amount of attention to this thing. No. <laughs> uh, and so, Howard must battle this creature, which is able to put Philzy and Leah Thompson into like a stasis field. It's so weird. Um, Dr. Ed Rooney doesn't fucking do anything. He just sits there and Howard runs around getting attacked by uh, the tentacle penises and whatever else. And finally he shoots the rancor kills. It blows up the cart. I think try to remember. It was, this was at like well, hour he gets 14. In the, he, get, he gets in the tank. Again, he, the makeshift tank that they had with the with the gun mounted mm-hmm. on it. Shoots the thing. Then, um, oh, yeah. as Kills the guys the are thing, coming. Then realizes that the other demon guys are, now going, are almost going to be coming. It's like a minute arrival, left. Right. And so instead of having the guy who has spent years working on this machine. <laughs> Who's right there. Has dedicated his career to it. Yeah. Is sitting right there not doing shit. Possibly stop it. Maybe turn it off. Turn it off. Turn the pull the plug. Yeah. Decides I need to blow it up now. Howard, that's your only way home. And he is like, I don't give a shit, toots. I'm uh, staying uh, here. Uh. And he blows it up. <laughs> and it also blows up a major portion of this lab. They put a lot of money into what junk they had thrown around. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I like about it is that. He has to mount it like a shoulder cannon yes, to blow up. He pulls up it the off the yeah, cart and the he puts end. it on his goddamn shoulder it's like a rocket Completely unnecessary. <laughs> it's just done for like to make it more uh, impactful. Yeah, to so make it more heroic. Unnecessary things. To give him his Rambo moment. Blows yeah. up the laser. The demons are then sent back to their place, I, I, guess. I guess. The lab explodes. Uh, we all think Howard's dead. Oh, this is He's so not dead. Bad. This is the most horrible This is part. so horrible. They they find him under the rubble. It's this whole like, oh, my God, we all survived. This is so great. And Leah Thompson uh, basically confesses her love to Howard, uh, the duck. Who's dead. Who's dead. Supposedly. And then he's alive. And that's great. And it's another one of those, oh, ducky moments. <laughs> and we all have a great laugh. 
No, but he and he does the thing where he he thinks he's the, he comes up as the demon saying, oh, "I am the Dark Overlord." It's so horrible and oh, wow. cringy. I completely blanked that <laughs> it, part it, out. Oh yeah, like, it's how bad <laughs> that scene is. Like you don't even want to remember it. That's the thing. It's like you're describing this thing. Like oh, this duck is fighting this fucking gigantic thing, like a rancor monster, dude. Even it, that sounds. Way cooler. Yes, then what's <laughs> actually what yes, what's and actually I'm also truncating the shit out of it. Yeah. This whole fight with the Rancor is like five minutes <laughs> it's long. It's so long. This whole scene, like that end just goes on and on and drags and like why are all these scenes in here? You could have cut and all now, this half of it out. Now that everything is is over, they've defeated the demons, uh Howard is stuck on Earth. We then transition to a concert that Leah's band is playing yeah. in a much better club, potentially even a stadium. Because Howard is their new manager, and he's a great band manager. <laughs> and the song they're playing is the one he wrote earlier, and it's all about how great Howard the Duck is. He wrote that song about himself, didn't he? Yes, he did. Wow, I didn't even catch that. Oh, shit. <laughs> and now, for some reason, Filzy is no longer a lab assistant. <laughs> he's, he's a stage he's manager stage at manager. whatever fucking place this Filzy is. Filzy was like five different things this whole movie. Like, what the fuck does he do? And then Klutzy Howard winds up getting hoisted up on a set of lights and brought out on stage, at which point he's handed a tiny baby's <laughs> guitar. <laughs> And he rips a fucking guitar solo oh, he put- during the Howard the Duck song because he's apparently the brand new Marty McFly. Yes, he totally pulls the Marty It is really Marty right, out of, right out of Back to the Future. It is the end of Back to the Future. He does and then, a solo and everything. He and Leah like slink off to the side and she basically is like, you're great and I love you and everything's going to be wonderful. And that is the movie. Wow, well done, Del Hauer. Holy fuck. Watching this, one of the things I never understood is why Howard is attracted to human women. It's inexplicable. Well, it's Leah Tons. Yeah, but he's a duck. He'll be attracted she transcends to transcends dimensions. I man. guess she does. Yeah. She's that hot. She was like the ultimate like eighties, like Yeah, she was. Girl next door. Dude, absolutely. Not like a supermodel, no, but absolutely. Everyone but had the hots for her. Yeah. I did too. Look, we're gonna take a quick break. Play some promos. We're going to come back and figure out what the fuck happened with this movie. I can't wait to find out. Stay tuned. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, my name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not that animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think it is on the scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except with more poo jokes. New episodes go live every Thursday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Or you can visit us at blazingcariboustudios.com. <laughs> Varmints! Varmints! <laughs> <laughs> this is Todd Gersler. This is Craig Cosner. Hate this podcast. The best show you never heard. The best show you're never going to want to hear. I'm just trying to not work and laugh. We're just trying to make each other laugh. Like politically correct is bullshit. 
You could be liberal and not be politically correct. Because we're just trying to push the envelope. We interview interesting people, comedians, sex-positive feminists, musicians. Most of all, we say whatever we want to say. We have a producer we that, a producer? Uh, he likes to overstep the boundaries, right? Yes, yes. He does. He's not funny. You may be offended, but you will laugh on iTunes and Google Plus, Stitcher, and all that shit. I hate this podcast. You can't possibly hate this podcast as much as we do. Doc, and Listener, I hope you are enjoying this latest edition of What the Fuck Happened. If you enjoy the What the Fuck Happens and you want to see more, if you enjoy the show and you want to support the show and you're feeling generous and you got some change laying around, you know what? We'll take it. You can join our fan club at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, where you'll be helping out the show uh, for a monthly donation. And there's a bunch of different tiers, as you heard in the beginning, where you get different stuff. Everyone that donates a dollar or more a month gets access to an exclusive podcast feed where we have bonus content every week, post shows, instant reactions. We still, at some point, we're going to do a whole what the fuck just for the Patreon. I know that was a plan, but I think you should sign up now because uh, coming up on our third anniversary birthday show in a couple weeks, I think we will raffle a t-shirt off to one lucky Patreon supporter. One lucky fan club member is going to win a Jock and Nerd t-shirt. Yay! Want it to be you? Sign up right now, joggernerd.com slash Patreon. Uh, and uh, we're trying to run these monthly raffles. Would you be happy to win one, Dalhauer? I know you're on the Patreon, and we appreciate it. What could I win? We're going to raffle off a Jock and Nerd t-shirt. Ooh! Once a month, we will raffle one based on everyone who's in the Patreon. Yeah, you get to pick which one you like. Yes. Is it my choice of color? Yes, you can yeah. choose colors and uh, what design. Can I have one and that's just Anthony's Size? Head? I don't have... Now you're going to make me make a whole new goddamn t-shirt. Oh, shit. Look, maybe... You really want to do that? Because <laughs> if there is a I demand would, for that, listen I would wear... I would absolutely wear a t-shirt, especially like out to Comic-Con or whatever. That is just Anthony's head. Oh, snap. Okay. Well, I'll have to make one. I'll make head t-shirts for all of us. There'll be one. We have one, a rug boy. Uh, it says yeah. rug boy approved. No one wants that. No one, but someone may, we may raffle one of those off, but that's okay. That's a good idea. I have a lot of great design ideas. At some point I will make them and put them up. Visit our shop listener, joggernerd.com slash shop to see the designs. And if you're on the Patreon, this is what you'll win. You'll win one of these t-shirts. Okay. Back to Howard the Duck. I bet I've annoyed the listener. Is that stuck in your head yet? I hope so. <laughs> Uh, this movie has a 15% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. No surprise. That's generous. No, still not the worst we've done. Not, really? The worst was still Fantastic Four. Oh, that's that right. Was 9%. That is correct. I thought this was going to be the lowest. I'm mistaken. Second lowest. Average rating 2.5 out of 10 uh, for this movie. And it was made for... so. Delahauer's recap was wonderful. And Delahauer, you just saved the listener one hour and 51 minutes of time of their life because that's how long this fucking movie is. And it doesn't need to be that long. Yeah. Box office wise, this movie was made for $37 million. Holy shit. Boys. Right. That, and that's, this is 19, that's 1986. Dollars. This is 1986 money. So that's what easily like double triple. Uh, it made $5 million opening weekend. Uh. Finished domestic 16 million worldwide. It makes $37 million. They make their production budget back just barely. Oh, shit. So I don't know. Is that good? Is that a, is that a success that you broke even? 
I don't know. What did you say it was? 36 million? 36, about 36, 37 estimated to make it. And they made 37 million globally uh, in the run of this movie. So they just made their money back, surprisingly. So according to this random uh, inflation calculator okay, I found, okay. that means it would have cost $42.8 million to make today. Oh, that's that's it? That's the only inflation? I guess. Seems like it would be more. This is, 30, this is 32 years ago we're talking about. So, Delhauer, get into what you got for us, because what the fuck happened? The movie starts and says, produced by George Lucas. And you're like, all right. I'm in, and you're like, fuck George Lucas? What the fuck? So, what happened is, the director of the film, Willard Huyuk, and uh, the producer, Gloria Katz, are both film school friends Ah. of George Lucas. Ah, I see. Buddies. Okay. And they actually co-wrote American Graffiti with him. Oh, right on. And apparently, after they finished American Graffiti... Lucas introduced them to the Howard the Duck comic because he was a big fan. George then went on to go do Star Wars, and I'm fairly certain Hyuk and Katz fucking disappeared into obscurity. (laughs) After he made his success and he decided to step down as president of Lucasfilm, he wanted to go on and produce films for other people and actually wound up getting a contract with Universal. Uh, because Universal had passed on previous projects of his that were successful. Star Wars. Yeah, they were kicking themselves for that. And decided they wanted to lock this motherfucker down. And in doing that, part of his contract stated that they expected at least one live action movie from him. Mm. Uh, at this time, he then was speaking with Hyuk and Katz about interest in trying to adapt Howard the Duck into a film. And Marvel had just recently made its own deal with Universal for film rights to many of their characters. So, George Lucas saw this as an amazing opportunity to work with Universal and Marvel to have them make a Howard the Duck movie. <laughs> uh, and Once they initially were starting the idea of pre-production and everything... Uh, the three of them were very interested in making the movie into an animated feature. Because, Which probably would have worked better. Oh, because yeah. they felt it was the only way this movie would have made sense. Yes. But Universal said, uh, excuse us, George. We said we needed a live action uh, movie we, from you. you. We're paying and you for we live action. we expect that movie by next year. <laughs> and also, nobody's making, like, hard as it may seem now. Nobody's thinking about making comic book movies. Nobody thinks comic book movies are a good thing. This is the furthest thing from anybody's mind in Hollywood. So George decides, well, then I guess we're going to have to make Howard the Duck a live action movie, and we'll just make the duck using special effects. And that's what they decided to do. It was rushed into production. Uh, Special effects, action, and spectacle were, were all emphasized over character and story because it was George Lucas playing with universal money. <laughs> Uh, They also felt that one of the best things they could do was in order to try and maintain the spirit of the comic book they love so much, they approached Steven Gerber and said, hey, we want you involved. And he said, hey, your money spends. (laughs) Your money's green. I'll do it. They apparently went into production on the movie. I believe it was in 1985. The casting of this movie was this is one of my favorite things. So they cast. Leah Thompson, because lo and behold, as we all assumed, Back to the Future did very well. 
So right. they said, yeah, get me that chick. They cast Jeffrey Jones because he was in Amadeus. Oh, not because of Ferris Bueller? Ferris Bueller came out the same year. Oh, that's right. Oh, shit. He was in Amadeus. He was creepy in that, too. He's creepy in everything. So they felt they needed to have somebody give some form of, like, credibility to the acting he, in the movie. He was their credible actor. I like, weighed it down. And this was one of the first movies that Tim Robbins was ever in. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, they apparently Katz uh, was quoted in saying that while Tim Robbins had not been in many films, they felt he was just perfect for this role. Wow. Yeah. That's Tim Robbins, who was taking bites out of the goddamn scenery. <laughs> we feel, oh, he was in Top Gun the same year, too. He did a lot of things in 86. Right. So because they had such a, a quick order on getting this movie put together, uh, the suits and the animatronics, which were built by ILM yeah. because Lucas yeah. were very rushed and shoddy. They had a lot of problems on set with them working properly, causing overheating in them and also leading to them not being allowed to use child actors anymore in the suit. <laughs> wow. There's like eight dudes that played and you can tell sometimes by the size of the head. When it's an animatronic or when it's a dude in a suit. Oh, no. It was always a dude in a suit, oh, was. even with the face, even with the animatronic faces. Oh, okay. Um, the most commonly used actor was a dwarf named Ed Gale. Yeah. And I love is that in Wikipedia, it makes a comment about like, because George Lucas had a history of working with dwarf actors, it wasn't hard for him to find them. <laughs> I'm like, they see this like they're they fucking wood nymphs. <laughs> like George Lucas knows how to get a dwarf out of a stump. <laughs> He's got the dwarf phone book. But apparently the guy, Ed Gale, uh, who was also the stunt double for Chucky in Child's Play. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff, I believe. Uh, initially, they didn't want him because he was too tall. He was like three foot five. Oh, or something my God. Like that. Oh, my God. And then they had him as an understudy for certain bits and for stunt work. But they realized they were having a problem because the t the height of Howard was changing from scene to scene. <laughs> So finally, they wound up using Ed Gale for most of the movie. Um, I also read uh, that's how Ed Gale got uh, a, a, a part in Spaceballs. Yes. Because Mel Brooks was like, anybody is in Howard the Duck can be in my movie. And Ed Gale like stood up. And he's like, I was in this. And he's like, OK, you're in Spaceballs. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Another one of my favorite bits is that apparently for a while, Leah Thompson was very vocal about one of the things she didn't like about working on that movie was the fact that the because it was Howard the Duck's <laughs> yeah. movie, yeah. they would set up and shoot all of his close-ups first. Oh, Jesus. So she'd have to wait for the fucking duck animatronic. She would have to sit around and wait for the animatronic to actually fucking work so that she could, you know, act without being on screen. And then once all that was done, then she could do her. Oh, my God. That... Oh, my God. That's annoying. So I heard that Chip Zen also recorded all his dialogue after the fact. They initially were trying to use Ed Gale also as the voice. Uh, okay. They said the problem was you can't fucking hear him in any of the actual video. <laughs> it's all muffled. Oh, shit. So they decided to hire a voice actor afterwards. And redub the whole thing. Redubbing all of it in post-production, meaning they had to make him match the fucking duck yeah, sound. He, yeah. He, so oh, wow. None of these things really uh, adds up to why this movie sucks so bad, though. <laughs> um. Also, another my other favorite thing is uh, 
They also auditioned Martin Short, Jason Alexander, and John Cusack as the voices of Howard the Duck. Wow. Mm. Ultimately, what I think it all boils down to is the reason this movie sucks so bad. This was the first major movie that ever got made out of a Marvel comic. Yeah. And this was at a point where comic book movies didn't fucking mean anything. Nope. They didn't care that they were making a Howard the Duck movie. They were caring, you know, Universal didn't care that they were doing Howard the Duck. They cared that they were doing a live action movie by George Lucas in some manner that involved stunts and special effects. That was the movie they wanted to sell. They were going to market it on the George Lucas's name being attached. Exactly. They wanted it. a spectacle. The marketing was weird. I just can't imagine, though, this. this is something that George Lucas liked. <laughs> and he was producing this. And uh, something that he's a fan of. And it came out so shitty. Right. I just, I just can't wrap my head around that. Here is the other thing that I assume most likely had to have happened. Cocaine. (laughs) It was 1986. That's true. Yeah. So I also read that duck suit cost him $2 million and it was the first wireless animatronic controlled like puppet head that you could have an actor inside. This was the Howard the duck animatronics were what would later give birth to the Teenage Mutant yes, Ninja Turtles. which was costumes. four. We were four years away from that. And those animatronics, those are pretty fucking good still. That they movie, look good. They look good. They were also fucking nightmares. Oh, I'm sure to, to, to wear and to control. I guarantee it's a big pain in the ass. But like state of the art duck animatronics for the time, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't really like fault them for their that limitations right. because like at that time they didn't have CGI. Yep. They had to do everything practical, and that's what you had to do to make something like that come to life. And I always applaud 80s movies for doing that. I just don't understand how you can write such a shitty script. That's the problem. And uh, I don't know. Is it trying to be funny? It wasn't. It was trying to be cute, but it wasn't. It was. Uh, they missed the mark it, it, for the audience. It like, yeah. is it for kids? That's, is yeah. it for adults? That's what I, I kept asking myself. Like, who do they think this movie is for? And it, what's weird is they, even though as racy and P, as this is for a PG movie, they actually toned down the Howard the Duck character from the comic books, who in the comic books, he's way more outspoken and rude and just more abrasive. So they toned that back to make him cute, but then they added all these weird sexual innuendos and it's just all over the place. Well, he has a, he has a girlfriend named Beverly does, in the comic books. That's what preceded the Roger Rabbit and Jessica yeah, Rabbit. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. I was going to say, he's more lewd and and um, and abrasive and everything yeah. like that in the comic. Right. The problem was they comment about how they tried to rewrite him to make him more likable, but he's still not fucking likable. <laughs> he's still not really. No, no. <laughs> and yes, I think a, a, a big problem that came from the tone is on top of the cocaine is also you've got George Lucas who is riding high after Star Wars, which means this motherfucker thinks he can't do anything. A- wrong. Absolutely. He probably thought he could make anything. It wouldn't matter. So it's him and two of his fucking friends from uh, film school sitting there talking about how they like the Howard the Duck comic. And you could just picture them at like fucking 2 a.m. <laughs> most likely stoned. With, like, Chinese food in hand. Be like, what about if there's a point where you just see fucking a naked goddamn duck 
and she just got these big old duck duck titties. That's and funny. Laughing. <laughs> that's funny. As wrong as it is, that's that's funnier and more interesting than that fucking ten hour plane yes. scene where he's riding the lawnmower yeah, plane and like forever. I don't give a fuck well, about and that. I think I think what it boils down to is is that like a lot of the weird sexual humor and like the stuff that you know this is not meant for kids. That's the three of them doing shit for themselves. That's doing a lot of cocaine. I mean, the, 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 the fifteen-minute plane yeah. stunt sequence, the the cars blowing up, all of the the you know things getting thrown around with telekinesis and whatever else. I, this is all shit. Driving all day to a driving, diner, yeah. and driving, <laughs> right. driving, 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 driving around and doing and drive forth. stunts to get to the yes. diner. This is all shit that Universal told them we need to have in this movie we need a to sell scene. it during the summer. It's weird because it's really fun the first half when it's all the random shit, but you're, you're right when it beca- the whole second half becomes about it's a bad, Jeffrey the, Jones. It, it's a bad movie that's fun to watch. Kind of like it's a terrible yes. movie, like. You know, like uh, the the fucking Tommy Wiseau movie. Yes, yeah. terrible, yes. but you'll enjoy it's watching. It's so bad that it's it is enjoyable to watch for all the wrong reasons. Uh, I think the marketing. For, I looked up a couple of things. The marketing on this movie was weird. I want to play you guys a quick clip here. It's the first official teaser trailer of Howard the Duck, and all it is is Leah Thompson like lying down on the floor on a sweep, all like seductive, and uh, this is what she's saying. You know. He's the most exciting individual I've ever met. He isn't into the whole macho thing, but he knows who he is and what he wants. <laughs> Everyone thinks of him as a hero now, but I share his feelings, and he's touched my soul. And right now, I would give anything to run my fingers through his <sighs> feathers. George Lucas presents an electrifying new comedy, Howard the Duck. So this is what you would have seen in a movie theater. And you've been like, what the fuck is this? Is this for kids? I'm not sure. That entire (laughs) thing was like two seconds away from her just vigorously masturbating. Oh my God, she was about to get off. She (laughs) wants to fuck that duck so badly the whole movie. But that's hilarious. It in is. Its own way. It is funny but, in its own way. But like, you're right. The whole monster plot, like this, was uh, clearly, like you said, forced him, forced them to make this movie. Put it in the end. Oh, I don't know. I it's. I, it's, I, it's, I think that. <laughs> did you also know that there was a, a a a duck line, a duck call line that you could call in the summer of 1986. You could call one nine hundred. It was a nine hundred number. One nine one nine hundred four one zero duck. And listen to Chip Zane as Howard tell you about the movie for a dollar ninety nine a minute. Oh shit! You could call them. Wow! This was part of their genius marketing. I think I just can't <laughs> believe that they thought that this was going to be the the movie because you had like Gremlins. I don't. Do we had in nineteen eighty four? We had Gremlins. Eighty four. Right? Gremlins so was had like some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had some shit that was like kind of on that level. And then I don't know. This doesn't seem like it was going to stick, no matter the what. The soundtrack was pretty popular. the The soundtrack has George Clinton and fucking Thomas Dolby. She blinded we mean science guy and Leah Thompson. Apparently, it was very popular when it came out. It's just pure eighties. Well, you've heard it. You've heard it. George Clinton on backup vocals on Howard the Duck for real. He's, He's the, the guy, guy that goes, ooh. ooh. Yeah, that's yeah. him. That's fucking George Clinton off the track. Yeah. No God shit. Ah. Lucas, you 
fucking monster. <laughs> what a monster. It was barking, ooh, before the Wakandans. How about, okay, Delhauer, what did this movie end up accidentally doing? What did it give us? What happened afterwards? <sighs> what did it give us afterwards? Um, I, oh, fuck. I lost my notes. <laughs> you tell them, because now I don't know what you're alluding to. Believe it or not, we would not have had Pixar if it wasn't for Howard the Duck. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's a big part I, of thinking, this story. I'm thinking like immediately after, like 1987, what happened? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Uh, I wasn't alive. Leah Michelle actually <laughs> still got a movie. Uh, uh, You're talking about Glee again? We're talking about Leah, Leah Thompson. Thompson. Oh, yeah, whatever. Who's Leah Michelle? She was She's the, the, girl the from adapter Glee. from Glee. Oh, the Glee girl. No, so he built uh, Lucasfilm, the uh, Skywalker Ranch. And was like over budget by like $50 million. He thought this movie would make enough so he could pay off Skywalker Ranch. It did not. Clearly, he had to sell off a portion of his uh, CGI ILM, the CGI division, sold it for $5 million to none other than Steve Jobs, formerly of Apple, creating Pixar. So indirectly, indirectly, we we wouldn't have had Pixar if it wasn't for this shitty movie, if he didn't do this. It's crazy. I mean, if you're looking at the thing that caught my eye, always caught my eye about this movie, besides Leah Thompson, was the fact that they had an animatronic character. Right, right. And I thought that was interesting. I just, and they kind of succeeded on that level. The I just, the bungling of making something so bad that's so uninteresting, like that last, I don't know, the last 40 minutes is so bad. Yeah. It's yeah, unwatchable. Yeah. And you still kind of see movies like that where the the last act just falls apart and you're, you know, you're like, this is a fun movie and they just ruined it. Here's what I wonder, though. Is what would this movie have been like if George Lucas had gotten his wish and John Landis had directed it? Whoa, John Landis would have been able to handle all the prosthetics and stuff. I, would it have been better? Well, I mean, he would just, he have? Would he? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Lucas did just produce it, so, uh, you know, I don't know. That's a good, I think it would look equally cheesy. I will say, I mean, and the the funny thing is, though, is like, for as as cheesy as everything was, like, a lot of the makeup effects that they did on on, um, Jeffrey Jones and everything, like, was still decently like well done like it it made him fucking scary well, but that's just but, jeffrey jones you don't have to add much well, no and i understand <laughs> that but it's, it's and it's one of those things where it's like would would landis and his background with you know american werewolf have helped with that that's what because i'm thinking i'm thinking the, at the yeah. same time it's like you don't really need to go too far with the monster makeup no no <laughs> not a like you needed help with a lot of things, but it wasn't the fucking monster maker. And I bet he had that model of the fucking the, the alien city left over unused from Star Wars. And he's like, let's just finish oh, this. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, it was made for that, was it? That was made for the movie by none other than Phil Tippett, the man who would go on to help them uh, design and create the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, shit. Phil Tippett is one of the that best. That guy around. went on to be. I mean, the, so I, there's, I'll put links. There's Lucasfilm has a page where there's they show behind the scenes uh, photos of him working on the maquette. And the model looks good in person. It's just 1986 stop motion technology. Being it, just it, was, it just wasn't done no. well. Like, if that would have been lit properly right, right, right. and composited yes, properly. Yes, that was the issue. And it wasn't just him running at him with a car yeah. with a gun mounted yeah. on it. And that was the whole, like 
That's how creative they got with that's that. True. Like that's it. He didn't ever look like he was like sitting on a surface or anything. It was just it needed a little more refinement. Yeah, it was just poorly done. It was just like executed badly. The idea, the design for the creatures, it's it's this gross looking right, creature. It works. It's not like, yeah, <laughs> it works. It's just, you think? I mean, whatever. I mean, it's, it, it's, it did its job being upsetting. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. You think Tim Robbins did vagina mouth? It is, yeah, he yeah. did have a vagina mouth. And then duck titties. I mean, the movie they gave you duck titties and eventually Pixar. That's well, the only positives I can think of. Any final uh, final thoughts on this? Uh, or in the what the fuck happened section? Um, no. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a very 80s movie with 80s aesthetics. Yeah. It has the uh, sensibility of a PG means you can have like, you know, uh, at multiple attempts at rape. Yeah, we were so less uh, sensitive naked, about naked things duck. in movies back then, just well, 32 years yeah. ago. Yeah. It's it a was different just, world. People uh, going to the movies was an adult yeah. thing. Yeah. So you'd always, you know, it, it was one of those things where if you were a kid and you were going to the movies, they expected you to act accordingly and be with an adult or be an adult. Was there PG 13 in 86? What? No. There wasn't, was there? PG thirteen, I think, uh, came out in the nineties. No, no. PG thirteen started with uh, Temple of Doom. I feel like we've been over this before, and I never remember Temple of Doom. Ah, uh, Delhauer, August tenth, nineteen eighty four. Only three months after parents oh, really? were outraged over the release of PG rated Temple of Doom. Now, Red Dawn, a drama starring Patrick Swayze, became the first film to be released. So why wasn't this PG-13? Because of Temple. I don't know. In 86, this should have been PG-13. Because So this still wasn't dirty enough no, to be PG-13. Can PG you imagine what a PG-13 movie would be? Maybe somewhere six. along the lines, Universal was able to convince MPAA that because it was like ducks with their tits out. It didn't matter. That it's like, well, it's not human it's not nudity, real tits. Though, so it's not, it's not real. You can't like, you can't market for nudity. Remember the Thundercats had the uh, Chitara. Yeah, she naked? was naked all the time and and supposedly covered with fur. But yeah, she's completely naked in the cartoon form. Yeah. Look, I I instantly like now this because of the the, the DTs the duck titties. This movie has a, a new place in my heart, and I'm glad I we went through this journey, Dalhauer. Thank you so much for taking taking the time uh, to do that. Listener, if you want to check out all the other what the fuck happens, here they are in reverse order. I'll put the links in the show notes. I'm not going to tell you what episode. You can look in the show notes at jockinner.com slash 211. In reverse order, we did Daredevil from 2003, X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, R.I.P.D., Green Lantern from 2011. We did a little Ryan Reynolds trilogy there. Uh, and before that, what the fuck happened to Batman and Robin 1997? What the fuck happened to Fantastic Four? 2015 and it all started back in 2015 with why spider-man 3 sucks what the fuck happened to spider-man 3 what a journey it's been uh and look now the next one Dalhauer, we've worked it out uh do you remember what we what we planned yes uh for the next one we plan on finally uh making adam morris's dream come true and we will be covering masters of the universe Geek Boner. and Adam Morris is going to join us for that one because he really loves this, and the guy's a patron, and he's a great listener, oh, I, great friend. Am I going to make him defend it? You, he's he's going to be here with us. You guys can battle it out. Well, he know why would he want us to do what the fuck happened? Oh no, he, yeah, he knows he knows, he knows it's terrible. Exactly. It's just he loves that movie still. So I can't yeah. wait to have Adam on here. He, he was excited. So we will do that in a couple months. We'll try to keep it quarterly this and time. Officially to announce for you, Imran. Yes, give us an announcement. What do you got? Plug your shit after yeah. Masters of the Universe. Yeah. We will be tackling the Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Oh, shit. All right. 
Oh, shit. I like it. Back to a uh, recent one. That's a good one. That'll be fun. That's a complex one. We've talked about that. We talked about that on the last one. Many listeners have requested that. We got like our, a bunch of ideas of shitty movies. Yeah, we could do. Oh, there's, yeah. there's no ending to the What the Fuck Happened series, listener. Tune in, subscribe for all the fun. Uh, before we peace out, I got one piece of feedback from our latest patron, uh, member of the Jock and Nerd fan club, Mark Bonong, who I couldn't pronounce the name. Uh, he wrote in, hey guys, to pronounce my last name is Bonong. But don't worry too much on the mispronouncing. Listen to, listening to you guys gets me through the office and hearing you guys trying to pronounce my name got me laughing all day. If you guys are doing the raffle, I would like a t-shirt when I get picked in the raffle. Uh, you're already assuming you're going to get picked, Mark. You will eventually. Uh, I will keep supporting the show on Patreon. Keep doing what you're doing. So he likes the raffle idea. I think the raffle idea is good. We're going to do Man, it. Somebody's real confident that he's going <laughs> to win. Somebody thinks they already got this in the bag. Talking <laughs> nerd. Uh, Delauer, plug your stuff. Where, where can the listener find you? Uh, the listener can find me here. Uh, they can find <laughs> right me here. on Twitter, currently at Matt Delhauer. Uh, and starting by the end of this month, I still don't have an official date, but it will be announced as soon as possible. They will be able to tune into the Ginger Geek podcast yes. over at gingergeekblogs.com. Exciting. It is official. I am no longer just Blogspot. Or uh, I think I moved to WordPress. Oh, you got a big boy domain? Oh, I did. Nice. It's, I, I gave them money, and now I get to say gingergeekblogs.com. Isn't that easier? You don't need that dot .blogspot crap. It looks more professional. It's I refined. Now I just need the website to actually look nice. Uh, uh. But uh, that will be coming along soon. It will be uh, probably about 15, 20 minute episodes. Uh, initially, just me kind of doing my whole talking about whatever sort of thing, uh, whatever uh, takes my fancy at that time. Uh, and whatever it grows into beyond that, we will see. Because I know uh, I have to have you guys on at some point to do something or other. Yeah, man. Look, there's nothing as exciting as a new podcast because you it grows with you. You just feel like you could try anything. You keep just make some shit, put it out there. Keep evolving it. It's a, it was very exciting. I remember our early days, and now it's just a fucking blur. Two hundred and eleven episodes three later, three years later, fucking three yeah. years later. Uh, I yeah, it's <laughs> it's just kind of happens. Oh my god, the show just kind of happens every week. I don't know how. I black out and I wake up and there's a show posted. It's crazy. Uh, Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy. You'll find some nuggets of information. Hopefully. You'll find lots of interesting tidbits. Listener, like I said, send us some birthday messages. Visit the website, jockernerd.com. Get a t-shirt, jockernerd.com slash shop. And of course, tell a friend, spread the empire of stupidity. Uh, huge thanks to Dalhauer again for this eighth edition of What the Fuck Happened. So I have to add in one little bit. Yeah. A great little bit to, to end on. Just brought to my attention by my roommate, Rob. Yeah. Leah Thompson. Yeah. Married a man named Howard Deutsch. Oh, yeah. Howard the Duck. She also wait. Oh my God! I think Howard the Deutsch. I think this movie really got to her. She still has that guitar that she used in the movie. It was like a Gibson. Nice. She still owns it. She she really wanted to fuck that duck. Wow! Thanks for listening to the Junk and Her podcast. My name is Imran. And my name is Rug Boy. Uh, he's the Rug Boy. And he's the nerd. And we'll see you next time.
Across the sea of stars lies another world, a world almost exactly like ours. This is where he lives. He's 27 years old, single but searching. Favorite sports, windsurfing and Aikido. Favorite pastimes, cigars and sex. He has everything except fulfillment. And then one night, it happens. Hey, good buddy, are you home? He has a very sudden midlife crisis. He lands in Cleveland. You do know why you were sent to me? Listen to me, small visitor. I can explain how you got here. Maybe you're here for some greater purpose, some cosmic cause. Here, he's forced to reassess his career goals. You went to med school? To explore new relationships. <laughs> to redefine his self-image. I'm sorry, we don't allow pets on the premises. To adjust to a changing lifestyle. Oh, I'm out. Until he discovers just who he really is. Oh, no. A duck in big trouble. That's a duck, man. Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. Coming from George Lucas, a Willard Hike film, a Gloria Katz production.